When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The movie Princess Bride, 1987. Vizzini keeps saying inconceivable over and over again, and yet whatever it is, it is not. For example, it's inconceivable that the Mets would miss the playoffs in every season since 2016 and even finish with a losing record in two of them. One of the losing records is now after the Mets have spent 103 days in first place. That's the most days in big league history. The team has been in first and finished with a losing record. Inconceivable. Yeah, losing record will go next to the year 2021 in the yearbook forever. But for one shining moment in this brutal month of September, there was good news, a ray of sunshine, which we'll get into next. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Sunshine for an inning in Game 2 of a doubleheader Tuesday night at City Field provided by a guy who looks like Sunshine from another movie we love, Remember the Titans. Remember, Remember the Titans from 1999, I think. Noah Syndergaard returned, and it was glorious. Oh, and the Mets also swept a doubleheader, which was pretty good, too. This is Josh Lewin. I have been called the songbird of my generation. I want to throw one more movie reference at you before we move along. Uh, This one's from 16 Candles, 1985, 84. Anyway, remember the party at Jake's house when his parents were out of town? Of course you do. All those red plastic cups lying around, the empty beer bottles everywhere, the half-eaten pizza turning around on the record player, the busy signal from the telephone that's dumped into the fish tank. Remember record players? Remember busy signals? Hey, remember telephones? Anyway, uh, that scene... As Jake Ryan, in his little preppy sweater vest, is surveying the carnage, that's what these last couple weeks have kind of felt like to me. I mean, the, the end of this season has just been so frustrating. I mean, they, they beat the Yankees with a three-home run game from Lindor, then promptly went 1-10 right after that. Baez has one of the best four-week stretches of his entire career, a really good career. Lindor has eight home runs this month alone. The Sizzle Twins are actually sizzling, just as we had hoped, and yet 1-10 after that Yankees game. Look at the Mets and the Padres, two teams we all thought for sure were headed to the playoffs this year. Instead, they may both finish under 500. Those are also, by the way, the two teams that each gave their shortstops somewhere in the range of 340 to $360 million. Yikes. Uh, for the Mets, here in 2021, a lot of things actually set up great. Marcus Stroman pitched like an ace. Aaron Loop was dominant. The division was horrible with no team uh, able to win 90 games, it looks like. And uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. not able to play for the Braves the rest of the year. That happened way back around the 4th of July. And yet, we are picking up the empty beer bottles and red plastic cups. One last flashback to that scene in 16 Candles. Just as Jake Ryan is cleaning up that mess, he happens upon a very interesting blonde-haired protagonist who in the movie was Farmer Ted 
and he was trapped under a coffee table. But in this narrative, the blonde-haired guy is Noah Syndergaard, and he emerged from that glass coffee table. Two years ago today is when Noah had last pitched in a big league ballpark, and we will happily get to that after we explore what happened in Game 1. And to sum it up, what happened in Game 1 was really good. Marcus Stroman, who always seems to get these seven-inning games, five innings, five hits, two runs, two walks, four strikeouts. ERA now 3.02. One last start coming up in Atlanta to shave it back to under three if possible. That would be nice. 24th time this year he's allowed three earned runs or fewer in a start that's tied with Max Scherzer for most in the majors, and Scherzer's going to win a Cy Young. Strowman also stole a base. First Mets pitcher to do that since Jacob deGrom in 2017. More on Jake in a second. Javi Baez extended his hit streak to 11, hitting 395 in that time. Tomas Nito had a tremendous throw for a caught stealing. He's been impressive all year when he plays ahead of James McCann. And McCann is the first to admit his season has not gone to plan here. Signed the four-year $40 million deal. He's hitting 238, on on-base percentage of 300, slugging percentage of 360. McCann's got the, the lowest OPS of the opening day starters. And he's on a list with Dom Smith, Jeff McNeil, and Lindor as guys who simply must bounce back in 22. But Brandon Nimmo stayed hot in this game. Suddenly a triples machine, too. After zero triples in his first 78 games, how about three in his last eight and two in his last three first innings? Since 2018, this is the guy with the third highest OBP in Major League Baseball behind only Mike Trout and Juan Soto. And next year, he's going to be the Mets player rep. Michael Conforto's been doing that for the last five years, but we don't know if he'll still be a Met, so he's handed the keys to the car over to Nimmo in a year where that job's going to be important because, you know, uh, labor strife dead ahead. Got to keep the union members apprised of what's up. Oh, and then we have Senor Lindor. This game was 3-2 Mets into the bottom of the sixth. They're looking for some insurance, seven-inning game. And then, yeah, here comes Francisco Lindor. Pitch. That's driven in the air, deep to left. This one's going to go. Home run, Francisco Lindor. It's number 19 on the year. It's a two-run homer. And the Mets pull away here in game one of the doubleheader. It is now a 5-2 Mets lead. Wayne Randazzo with the call on WCBS. Eight of the 19 homers for Lindor this year have now been in September. Seven ever since Thumbs Down Gate. 19 RBIs this month. Most he's had in any month of any season since July of 2018. Is it because the pressure's off now that the hitting shoes are on? That's possible. And maybe next year is going to go much smoother than this year. I mean, that's what happened to Piazza in year two, Beltron in year two. I think we're all kind of looking forward to that. And after the game, we heard from Marcus Stroman, who's always eager to speak, even to that leering negative band of media types. Here you go. Hey, Marcus, if the Mets wanted you back for a contract length and a price that made sense for you, uh, would you be interested in coming back? Yeah, I'm open, man. I'm open. I'm open to anything. You know what I mean? At this point in my career, it's it's I can't wait to finally be on a team where I know I'm going to be there for longer than a year. Um, it's extremely gratifying. It took a thousand innings to get to this point. So I'm looking forward to free agency. Um, however it may play out, um, I know that it's manifested and I'm just kind of playing out the story as it should be. Uh, there's no worries on my end and I know that there will be a team or a few teams that want me. So I'm, I'm excited for the next few months. Always good stuff from the native Long Islander, Mr. Stroman. Very zen, but also very coy. Very politically correct to all somehow 
at once, kind of bundled that in there. And to supplement what he had to say, here's his manager, Luis Rojas, talking about his effort. I mean, he even, he's left everything out there so far this season, right? leading the league in starts and uh, going out there and doing just that. Uh, uh, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, the, the sinker, the cutter, the slider, the change of everything played well. Um, the second time through the lineup, those two guys have been swinging the bat well this month, and he just ran into them. Uh, both Sanchez and Lewin Diaz have been swinging really good. Um, and uh, they just, you know, took it a bat, so it was thrown, and then Diaz got the mistake change up, up in the zone, and that was the only probably mistake uh, in the outing. But overall, he was really good, what Stroman does, right? Effective with his pitch count, uh, effective inducing contact. So, you know, it's typical uh, quality start from Stroman. Uh, and, and, yeah, we saw a little bit of a show to him with what he did on the bases and also uh, fielding his position. All right, there is the skipper. So thanks in large part to Stroman. The Mets snap a five-game losing streak. They go to 11-3 and in first games of doubleheaders this year. Stroman is now 10-13, and deserves to be much better than that. Diaz saved number 31. The only Marlins runs on a two-run homer by Lewin Diaz, who spells his first name like I spell my last name. I want to love that guy. I don't really love that guy. Yeah, Lewin is not a name that dominates athletics, believe me, except in the English Premiership. If you're a fan of Everton, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I, I won't bore you guys with my love of English soccer, except to tell you that Brighton and Hove Albion are one point away from being top of the table. I could go on and on. But instead, let's get to game two. Noah Syndergaard really wants to establish that he's fixed up and ready to hit free agency like a champ. And yeah, it's not just the Mets he's trying to show here. There are 29 other teams he wants to know or wants to to get to know that he's still Noah Syndergaard. I know it's 96 mile an hour stuff, not 99. We may never again see 100 miles an hour from him or those 95 mile an hour sliders he was breaking off opening day in Kansas City in 2016 to everyone's astonishment. But you know what? Uh, 96 with a quality changeup, he looked fine. He looked great. He threw 10 pitches in his one inning of work to start the game. Eight of them were strikes, and the fans were totally digging it. Here he was with two strikes on the leadoff man, the veteran Miguel Rojas. The 0-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. High fastball from Syndergaard. 96 miles an hour, strikes out Miguel Rojas. Welcome back to Thor as Noah Syndergaard strikes out the first batter that he faces in nearly two years. He punches out Miguel Rojas to start tonight's game. So cool. Another strikeout followed, then a ground out. So job well done, Noah. And he talked about his effort after the game. And also, what's the plan for you going forward now? You're looking at one more outing, ideally? Uh, yeah, I believe that's right. I'm not sure when, though. And will that also just be one inning, or could you potentially do an up and down for that? Um, well, during my rehab appearances, I only did one inning each, so I don't, I don't imagine it'll be an up down. Thank you. Mike Puma, you're up. No, obviously a, a lot of emotions tonight. I was wondering if you thought at all about the fact, not knowing what's going to happen in the off season, it might be, might've been your last chance to pitch here at City Field for the Mets. Did that enter your mind at all? Uh, it definitely has. I mean, it definitely is a, that was another reason why I was pretty emotional tonight, but uh, I'm fairly confident that uh, that we'll reach an agreement and I'll be pitching here next year. I love nothing more than that. Um, New York has a, a special place in my heart and always will be. Are you confident because you've talked to them already or is it just, you know, just your feeling the way 
because of your emotions and just you know just speculation and, and more uh hopefulness than anything thank you first Noah, did you ever wonder during this whole journey if if this day would come again um in early stages of my rehab yeah i i, I was pretty confident but when I had that, that setback back in May and had COVID and uh, a few weeks ago, it just seemed like everything was working against me. So I um, just felt like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulder when I was able to get out there and compete. Were you nervous tonight? Uh, typically, I'm pretty nervous before every start, but there were so many emotions um, going through my head that um, you know, I was just able to, to lock in and, and go out there and have fun, play baseball. Welcome back, Noah. Thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, wherever this all goes for Noah Syndergaard from here is going to be fascinating. I love what he said about wanting to come back. And uh, look, he got back on the mound before the curtain fell on the season and may get another opportunity even from here. Jacob deGrom will not. Luis Rojas made it clear as to what's up. If this week had meant something for the Mets, yeah, they'd run him out there and say, let's go, because he is healthy enough to do that, apparently. But with the way things stand, it's going to be a third-place finish no matter what. Why bother is a prevailing thought now. So Jake is locked in with that ERA of very close to one. Turns out he was better than Bob Gibson was in 1968, but Jacob only made the 12 starts, only pitched 92 innings. But good Lord, the stat line this season... Looks like uh, the best ever for a high-leverage reliever. 92 innings, 146 strikeouts, the ERA just north of one. He also hit 364, which is going to lead the team. But, yeah, unfortunately for the Mets, uh, he's not a reliever. He's a starter who got all those numbers compiled before the All-Star break. And his arm just couldn't withstand the strain of repeatedly buzzing those fastballs in there at a hundo. So, Let's hope he comes back healthy and ready to deal next year at 97 or 98 for a full season of 30-plus starts. Uh, I would take 30 starts of 97 miles an hour to Grom over 12 starts of 101 mile an hour to Grom, right? So uh, Syndergaard, just back to him, looked confident, looked good. The hair had the, the serious flow again. That hair has become arguably as famous as the fastball, and he spares no expense when it comes to hair health. He uses a $32 a bottle shampoo, I believe it is now, Alterna Caviar Shampoo. Hard to believe that in high school, Noah Syndergaard was slow and uncoordinated and bullied. His family nickname is still Bumpy, Bumpy for the knots that often rose on his forehead because he kept falling down. He was so clumsy. And whatever self-confidence he had as a kid seemed to diminish by the day. He tried football in middle school. The coaches gave him a specially made helmet to accommodate his glasses and his oversized head. They put him on the offensive line and they watched the much bigger kids from the Dallas Metroplex just steamroll him. He once pleaded with his mom to take him home before a game even started. And his mom said, what, are you scared? And he said, well, yeah. (laughs) Now he looks like a third Hemsworth brother. And he says, I've never been in a fight in my life, 
but I like my odds. Confidence, he's got it now. Anyway, uh, the rest of game two. Baez on base a few times again. A 12-game hit streak now. He's been on base 22 straight games. Trevor Williams, four innings, five hits, one run. Not bad at all. Trevor Rogers, even better for Miami. And what a very impressive guy he is. He'd be in the Rookie of the Year conversation if he hadn't missed five weeks to go get his life in order. Both his parents had COVID. His mom especially had it really, really bad. Both his grandfathers, both of them, died within the same month. So uh, he comes back from a very sad hiatus And he pitches brilliantly this year. He was 11 up, 11 down to start things out, including six strikeouts. 24 of his 26 starts now, three earned runs or fewer. This was a game the Marlins led 1-0 until Kevin Pillar tied it with an RBI single in the fifth. Chance for the Mets to walk it off in the bottom of the seventh. A one-out double from VR, but an intentional walk to Conforto to get to Jeff McNeil, who bangs into a double play, so it's extra innings. Bottom eight, runner at third for the Mets, two outs. And Don Mattingly walks Lindor intentionally to get to the hottest hitter in the borough, Javi Baez. Then he has his opportunity when Lindor takes second right away on defensive indifference. But Dylan Floro gets Baez to ground sharply to short. On we go to the ninth. But here's the thing. As a last out, Baez is the ghost runner. And that's who you want. I mean, that is an active ghost. That is a caffeinated Casper. And with two outs and Baez at third. One ball, two strikes on McCann. One out, Baez at third pitch. Swinging a grounder toward the mound. Baez comes home. It's bubbled by the pitcher. Baez scores. The game is over. Mitch win. A little bouncer back to the mound off the bat of McCann. Anthony Bass had a shot. Had he fielded cleanly and flipped home with Baez streaking to the plate, but Bass bobbled it. Baez diving across the plate safely. And the Mets score in the bottom of the ninth inning to make it a devil-header sweep. There's Wayne Randazzo with the call. Another walk-off 35-footer. That is a Pat Mazika special right there. Javi Baez, yeah, running on contact. He forced the pitcher, Anthony Bass, to try to make a quick play, which he flubbed. That is Baez. He makes things happen. That is the magic of El Mago. Two runs, five hits, no errors for the Mets. 1-5-0 for the Marlins. 2-1 the final. So... The 14th and assumably final doubleheader of the year is in the books. First team to play that many doubleheaders in one season since 1979. The Mets sweep four of the 14 they played, including this one. This was yet another one-run game. And the Mets revealed their minor league award winners the other day. It was the catcher, Francisco Alvarez. This was kind of an easy one. Their top prospect is the position player of the year. But right-hander Adam Oller was the pitcher of the year. We've told you a lot about Alvarez already on this podcast at various times. A 19-year-old catcher is going to be great. You know about Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos too, but who the hell is Adam Aller? Nope, just a minor league Rule 5 draft pick from the Pirates a couple years ago. One-time 20th rounder out of Northwestern State in Louisiana. Came up with this hellacious changeup. For his first start at AAA, he had 13 strikeouts in six innings against uh, what used to be Pawtucket, which is now Worcester, the Red Sox AAA team. So uh, I like that award for him. Looking forward to seeing more of him in spring training. Give the Mets credit. They're still doing what they should be doing here to keep everyone on track, feeling like it's still Mets baseball. We want to hear about the good minor leaguers. We want to see Pete Alonso hosting charity events. We want to see Haynes Celestial giving out scholarships and the Mets letting those scholarship winners throw out a ceremonial first pitch, which happened last night. And towards that end, making us all feel like it's just uh, still the Mets after all that's gone on in this crazy 2021. 
How about that it's Seinfeld night tonight? I'm sure Jerry will visit the radio and TV booths and we can ask him, what's the deal with lampshades? I mean, if it's a lamp, why do you want shade? There are Mets slash Seinfeld giveaway t-shirts to the first 10,000 tonight. That's courtesy of Netflix. And now you know about that. All right. In the immortal words of Kramer from a rather memorable episode, I'm out. On the mound tonight, it's going to be Taiwan Walker. Had the two and a half ERA before the All-Star break, 7.6 since then. And game time, 7.10 p.m. We're coming up on the last two home games of the year. Thanks to all of you for listening this long. Thanks to the Mets in the Morning House Band. On keyboards, Heath Bell. Slapping to bass, it's Travis Darno. The horn section, Tom Hausman. And on drums, ladies and gentlemen, maybe he's heading to the playoffs. Long Island's very own Stephen Matz. This is Josh Lewin. Take it easy. Talk to you soon. And what's the deal with airline food?